Assalamualaikum and welcome to another episode of the Dr. Will Show, where I interview educators and entrepreneurs on leveling up. Each episode, I zoom in someone who's dope, and we just sit back and have a conversation on what it means to live your best life. Now, if this is your first time checking out the podcast, this is the Mobile University of Entrepreneurs, and I'm your host, Dr. Will. Today's guest is Brianna Bolt. We're going to be talking about Really, we're going to really be getting into some heavy business, uh, heavy business conversation. Uh, as you know, this is a business podcast for educators who want to turn their teaching skills, their experiences, uh, their knowledge base, right? All the tools they have, their why for coming, becoming an educator into a business. Uh, so, you know, we are not the podcast to go to when you want to learn about 60 apps in 60 minutes. Uh, so for those who be listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Simplecast, Stitcher, and Spotify, uh, we're here. And so, Brianna, uh, will you please introduce yourself? Sure. Thanks so much for having me, Dr. Will, and fellow listeners. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, so my name is Brianna Bolt. I'm a director of instructional innovation and digital marketing. That's the role in the education field. I also work with businesses as a consultant for various reasons. I'm happy to be on and yeah, very excited. Thanks for having me again. Uh, you're welcome. So I'm always curious how people got to where they are. What did you think you'll be mm-hmm. doing when you were growing up and how did you find yourself in education? Well, I don't know if I exactly knew what I wanted to be when I was growing up, but uh, there are a couple of sources of inspiration. I'll maybe just share one or two, but my first source would be uh, my elementary and middle school teacher. Uh, His name was uh, Mr. Small. We always kind of found it a little bit humorous because he was, in fact, very, very tall. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But he was really my go-to person when I was uh, a young child. I came from uh, what some may call a a troubled or challenging background. And he was really a person that I could come to with my problems or a person that I could trust and and a pillar of support for me. Um, I remember... uh, at one point, I was really struggling with mathematics, and this was in grade nine or grade 10, and I was failing, actually. And, you know, I was at the point I said to my mom, you know, I, I hate this. I, I hate math. I don't get it. I don't want to get it. I'm convinced, you know, my my teacher hates me. That's why my grade is like this. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I want to drop out. And, you know, I there was in in my family, you know, the the response was, well, if that's what you want to do, it's your life, and you know, you can drop out, and 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 that's your choice. And so I was really thinking about that, and I went to school, and I you know sought the the support of my my teacher, and I said, you know, Mr. Small, and I told him my findings, and he he told me to to advocate, you know, a little bit for myself and to to go to that mathematics teacher. You know, he asked me, did you talk to her about this? Does mm. she know that you're feeling this way? Um, you know, have you have you ever asked? And, you know, just give it one more chance. Just go. Just just have that conversation. 
And so, you know, I said, oh, fine, I guess I'll go, you know, one, one last time, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> and so I went and, you know, thank God I did, because I, I remember that teacher said, you know, I, I didn't even think that you cared anymore. And, wow. you know, yeah, I said, no, I really do care. And, and it's, I just, I don't get it. I don't know what's going on. And so she really took the time to, to help me and, and he helped me as well. And, you know, the next term, my, my grade went from failing to an 87 or 89 within one term. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he really taught me, you know, the power of communication and advocating and, just the importance of relationships in overcoming struggles. Mm. So how did you get into consulting? And because I know in this space of what I, of what I do, there are a lot of educators who come on this show. Uh, they're either writing a book and mm. want to become a speaker or they're speaking, they're coaching, they're training, they're writing curriculum and they're also looking to get into consulting and trying to figure out, well, how do I make this happen? So with that, what are some of the skills, the knowledge base and qualifications does an entrepreneur need to actually build a business? Mm. I think my consulting journey really began as a natural progression from my experiences in education and um, also, uh, as a mother too, I think, you know, those experiences and coupled with my, you know, passion for innovation and risk-taking kind of drove me to consultancy. And I think just, uh, you know, some key skills for that would be, you know, your ability to, to envision some goals, the ability to collaborate with others, right? Really having that empathy and the the want to embrace change and paying attention to how to evolve. Um, I think now, you know, it's important to have some sort of digital literacy and to to seek it out where where need be. You know, if it doesn't come naturally, you find that or, you know, outsource it in the right way and really have an understanding of you know, whether it be market dynamics or or management would be some of the the knowledge base that I I think would probably benefit mm. some entrepreneurs. And how did you identify your niche? And what are some of the benefits to carving out or focusing on a specific uh, market or a customer? Because people can, you know, with educators, we're doing so many things. And then I know there's a tendency sometimes for uh, other entrepreneurs to get in and say, well, I have so many passions and so many, mm. so many interests and so many things. But the reality is trying to be Walmart isn't going to <laughs> make you <laughs> profitable. Right. So how did you figure out and, and looking at all of the things that you were good at, that you were interested in, the things that you had the skill set and background experience and say, this is going to be what I focus on. This is going to be the problem uh, that I solve. Mm. Well, I think that, you know, you're right when when you say you can't really, you don't want to spread yourself too thin, 
You know, we can have so many passions and so many interests. Um, but at the, you know, at the same time, I think it is important to follow some of those passions. I think it makes your learning and your life as authentic as it can be. Um, especially, you know, if you can surround yourself with uplifting people and people with the similar morals and values and try to try to get you on a on a path that that is meaningful for you. Um, I think a, a leadership uh, style that is responsive to the needs of your clients or your students or the teachers that you're working with are important when we're taking a look at um, facilitating some passion and and the support network that that surrounds you. I'm very blessed at my role at the school that I work at right now, Pythagoras Academy, um, a private school. I'm the you know the director of instructional innovation, but really uh, what that means is that I have the privilege of collaborating with um, teachers and with people outside of education um, who maybe want to collaborate with those inside of education. So it's kind of a nice intertwinement. We recently worked with uh, uh, Five Chairs, Five Choices author Louise Evans and cultivated, you know, a, a curriculum in response to well-being of students. And with the consultancy and uh, different consultants, we were able to present that with uh, to people around the world and, and uh, I think most recently in Malta, Europe. So it's kind of taking those things that you find that you are so passionate about and making it your own and and sharing that that love with others and i think a lot of it will will come to you hmm. so when it comes to business strategy because hmm. there is one thing you know when you are if you've ever watched the movie field of dreams or if you haven't there's a very famous quote from it that says if you build it it will they will come hmm. which uh it was great for the movie but that is not true in real life and definitely not true in business uh so what are some of the main elements of a successful successful business strategy and how do you pinpoint what's important versus what's just a waste of time for your client yeah great question so i think when we're Taking a look at uh, strategic focus, it's important to prioritize uh, activities or goals that align with the company that you're working with, but also the goals need to be meaningful for uh, you as well, right? Um, so this is kind of where passion and expertise kind of intersect, I would mm. say. Yeah, so um, a little bit more of... Uh, efficient resource management, maybe, you know, taking a look at what resources do I have um, and how can I allocate those wisely, you know, whether it be in hiring talent and organizing your business, you know, you need to pinpoint what's important and have it be a blend of strategic planning and understanding your client's specific needs and also be aware um, and embrace that there's learning from success and learning mm. from failure. And it's okay to fail, you know, just keep going forward. So how do you measure and evaluate the effectiveness of your work, particularly because 
when you are consulting, you're mm -hmm. not on the inside. So you, you're on mm -hmm. the outside, you're working with a client. And how do you sit back and go, okay, I know this is working. And what are some of the uh, KPIs uh, that you mm -hmm. use? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think metrics are really important. Uh, you need to be able to measure uh, the the goals that you're working towards, right? And the the wins that you come across or, you know, if there's a substantial amount of failure, you know, what the heck am I doing wrong here? <laughs> um, but I think that I've, in education, I learned a few great strategies that I try to implement in the business world when I'm working within it. Some of them being, um, for instance, I'm in a classroom and I have a goal of, uh, you know, the curriculum that I want to be teaching them, but I need to mark where they are now. So we do a pre-assessment, you know, where are we, how much further do we need to go? And then um, always keeping that goal in mind. And while we're working towards it, we have kind of these mid points to kind of check in and evaluate where are those gaps of learning. Very similar, I find in in the business world, you know, we, we take our time initially, we say, where do we want to be? And where are we at now? And we take a look at where, uh, how often can we meet realistically, a lot of us are very busy people. And sometimes there's a lot of working parts, um, especially if you're working internationally, you know, uh, zoom all at the same time may not work, right. So <laughs> but you know, at, at, in the same sense, like, thank God, we have technology that we can leverage or, or augment some of our experiences together. So there, there is benefit in that too. And so um, by completing those, you know, formats, we can really gauge where we are in our goals. And I really believe in the value of getting feedback, whether that be from students, whether that be from the teacher that you're working with, whether that be from the, the owners of the business, the clients that you're working with, um, you really need to take that into consideration. I think it's probably one of the best forms of of indicators that I can use as how to gauge my effectiveness in work, mm -hmm. um, as well as just the gauging the type of leadership that each client needs. Uh, for instance, some need more support than others. Others need more direction rather than support, but. I, holistically, I think it comes down to collaborating with others, sharing ideas, reflecting on your practice, and just, again, seeking out those experts in order to learn from, you know, failures and and the want to be more and more successful. Mm. And as educators, we're, by now, hopefully, mm -hmm. everyone is used to using certain tools in their classroom and understanding sort of how to leverage those tools to reimagine what they're doing with their students or become uh, more efficient or streamline uh, certain mm -hmm. workflows and, and what they're doing. Uh, when you're looking at working as an entrepreneur and you're working with different clients or even your own business, mm -hmm. uh, what are some of the best practices and tools for managing and op and optimizing business operations? And how do you ensure efficiency in these processes and systems? Okay, great question. Um, I think there's great benefit in 
kind of taking a, a Maslow before Bloom type of approach where we really need to look at creating a psychological and physical safety and well-being. Um, you know, as an educator, when we're talking about physical um, well-being and when I go into a classroom, when I was a, a classroom teacher, you have to envision what does that space look like for those students. Um, if you want collaboration to happen, how do you formulate those desks? If you want to show their best work, uh, where are we putting it? Uh, at what eye level? For who is our audience? All of those questions come into play when we're thinking about the best way forward or the most efficient way forward or to make the greatest impact. I think the same way in business, I know I worked with a few businesses who we really did have to start from the ground up. I would visit and I would take a look at the space and say, you know, really need some organization here. Let's let's get to work. You know, some some small things that are just so overlooked sometimes um, or maybe we don't place as much importance on it as maybe we should. I know, uh, again, getting that feedback, I had a, uh, a team member come to me and they said, you know, it's been five years since we had our last couch. It's fallen apart. You know, I can't even sit on it in the workplace. I said, OK, well, if that's if that's your importance and you need that, let's write a proposal. Let's get the funding and let's get a new couch. You know, it's not doesn't have to be this, you know, this this little, you know, minute Thing that bugs us every day that we come into to the workspace and it, you know those little you know micro aggressions or whatever you want to call them that really affects us and also but you know by having that new coach there you know they come into work and they know that their well-being is of importance they know that you know their their upper management or their team really values them and of course, when we talk about psychological safety, it's, you know, you encourage that risk taking and you appreciate their learning processes. And, you know, we're all in this learning journey of life together and how to create that best environment so that they can share their struggles and their failures and know that, you know, they're not, they're not getting a slap on the wrist unless it's, you know, really necessary there, but they're getting a, a huge mountain of support instead. It's really about building that team culture, I think. And then a lot of those efficiencies and managing and optimizing and business really come into play afterwards. You know, the mm -hmm. effectiveness of teamwork and celebrating those small wins along, I think, are just as important. Mm. And how do you work with clients and using technology to improve business objectives, right? And when I mean that, we're talking about cutting costs, mm -hmm. uh, increasing revenue, enhancing customer satisfaction, mm -hmm. or even gaining a competitive advantage. Uh, so I work in uh, digital marketing or campaigning or content creation uh, in education and in some businesses. And I think, you know, in education, we've seen such a boom right now. Well, actually the world, but it's the time that's the place that I spend most of my time. And there's so much out there right now, especially uh, with this, you know, AI and natural processing, uh, language processing methods and things. And I think it's really about um, utilizing or leveraging that technology in the best way 
that makes sense for for you or your students or your clients, whomever you're working with. So in education, for instance, using that um, some AI to create personalized learning paths uh, would be an example. Um, and also just sharing um, maybe some campaigns or some news with our greater community online um, to kind of showcase that learning journey and and, um, you know, not being scared of that new tech or new ways of learning is really important. In other businesses that I've worked with and who have looked at using tech, uh, we, we took a look at what their online presence was and what they, where they wanted to be, what their brand was saying and what their voice wanted to be, what their content buckets may look like. Um, all of those kinds of of things that um, in the particular case that I'm thinking of, uh, they really didn't have a lot of online presence and they didn't really know where to start. So taking a look at um, different platforms that are available, um, you know, Canva is a, a good one or um, MailChimp for, for those campaigns, you know, all different kinds of platforms that are available and which one makes sense for, for, for the client. In regards to to gaining a competitive edge, <clears throat> I think that involves, you know, not only leveraging the this tech that we, you know, this tech world that we find ourselves within, but also leveraging expert insights and going to maybe some proven methods and taking a look at how you can adapt them to fit your own unique context you know, not just following the trends on social media and trying to recreate it and, you know, hoping that something, uh, anything will stick, but really critically analyzing uh, some case studies or real world examples and how how it's reflected on on or reflective on on you or what you want to to share or do. And I think just tailoring those strategies to meet your needs or your clients' specific needs. Um, would enhance your 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 company and and make you stand out in the marketplace. Mm. And earlier you mentioned uh, Mailchimp, and that me makes me think about automation, mm, right? Yes. Because you know there are some AI tools uh, that do you know, of course, automated work, and then mm -hmm. uh, in general, like you know, with ConvertKit or Mailchimp or other things where you can go in and and say, hey, you know, this newsletter is coming out on this thing and, and all when you're trying to get this email list together. So you have a, a group of people that you can send content to, create content for in hopes that they actually will buy what you're selling and start to build a community. Sure, uh, yeah. How are people able to use automation, right, to build and scale their businesses? What tips do you have to share? I think as in, as so far as in uh, marketing automation, uh, it's again just using those platforms for you know like the Mailchimp software platform, uh, email marketing campaigns uh, is great, and social media you know scheduling those posts are great, time saving, targeted advertising you know is great, and and you know really it helps you get into where you want to be, but. It's also important to analyze those metrics that are coming out of those 
um, those those processes. And and you know it's just as important to reflect on okay uh, if you didn't hit the target or you wanna you wanna re-aim, uh, you need to make changes where need be. So even if something is uh, automated or more targeted, it still means that although it can be time saving, you also do need to don't don't just let it be. <laughs> take take a look at what you're doing and reflect on your process, um, and see yeah see see if anything needs to change at all. And I think you know again the for content creation you know those AI powered tools are just great and wonderful. There's graphic design like Canva and um, can help you really sharpen your your image and and your brand and your identity and maintain a consistent online presence. Uh, I think that taking a look at uh, video marketing, you know how how do you want your story to be told? Uh, what what do you want to convey to your audience is just so important in in how to engage with your your audience effectively. Mm -hmm. And since you brought up story, I want to throw this out there to you. How mm -hmm. do people discover their story? Right? How do they get to that thing that they can tell that attracts people to them? Where people are like. I feel a connection hmm. with this individual. I want to learn more from this individual. I want to connect with the individual that then you hope will lead into people buying your book or buying your course mm -hmm. or, or buying that mastermind. Hmm. It's so important to know your audience and it's so important to know what you have to offer. Um, taking a look at, you know, really knowing what what you want to be doing and what you have to offer and and the needs of the larger community and then that integrating that into a valid presentation of what you want to convey is so important. Um, you know, you can have all of the passion in the world and all of, you know, the skill sets, but unless you can really tell um your story or a story, it, it makes it hard to engage with, with greater and greater audiences. Mm. I, I hear you. I'm, I'm working on a different, I guess a different story at this point. I, I, I think my original story was me working with a colleague at the time we were planning our our summer program okay. and the boss at the time said hey let me come see y'all mm. and we were like what's going on yeah because this <laughs> this isn't normal uh for it to happen and then we were approached um that there were going to be some budget cuts and we may not have a job. Wow. And when that hit me, then that made me really start to think of how an educator should consider themselves a business of one and how educators should then think about 
creating multiple streams of income for mm -hmm. the event that if this happens to you, uh, you will be prepared for it. Mm. And so that was like, you know, my, my, my story. And so, um, I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't know if that's something not a story I should continue to tell. Um, but it was just one of those things to where it was a it was a catalyst for me to really look at myself as someone who needs to bet on himself mm. and create opportunities for the things that I want. Well, I think you just demonstrated a very um clear reality that that a lot of us face in in our various fields you know we we don't we can never know you know are we here unless you have like a permanent contract I guess and in, in some cases but in a lot of cases that's not that's not the case and you know we have to be prepared for for anything and I think it's probably a good idea for for everyone but especially those maybe in in education that we take a look at, you know, there are so many marketable things that we have, skill sets that we have that we could use. And there there are just a ton of other opportunities for us to look into as well. Um, I, you know, I think you're that that was incredibly brave of you to to share that story, but it's so important. I'm sure that a lot of people have have experienced something, something similar. I know when when uh, I became uh, a mother, that motherhood really uh, helped kind of gear me towards uh, also betting on myself. You know, I, I was a young mom and, and uh, you know, reality came quick. Uh, I said, oh my gosh, okay, uh, I'm no longer responsible for, for just myself here. I'm also responsible for this, this new person coming into the world. And, you know, what, what does that mean? And how could his his growing up look vastly different than than my own in the quickest amount of time possible. <laughs> and, you know, that was part of my journey and in, into to education, but also the reason why, you know, I, I ventured into the business world as well, because I, I've I've always tried to to have, you know, diverse streams of, of income. And I think that's just so important um, to to be able to diversify uh, that and you know not rely on just one avenue to support yourself and you know with a with a, such a tremendous skill set like teachers oh my gosh they in in a lot of ways and same with mothers I mean and fathers I'm sure but <laughs> but in a lot of ways I mean you are you have to be you know as the scheduler you have to be you know, the the organizer, you have to be, you know, making sure that you're planning, uh, you know, the right goals, you know, where where's my son, you know, going to go to school? And how can I get him to to the best school that I want? And, and, you know, where, where do I want to be as a professional? Or, you know, how can I get to, to where I want to go in, in the quickest way possible? And it's scary, you know, also, I think a lot of us hold back, because we say to ourselves, you know, I'm, I'm just, I don't know if I'm enough, you know, filled with self-doubt. And, you know, if you, again, you just have so many different ideas of, uh, you know, where, where you want to be or your, your passions, you know, and, or if you experience failure and you say to yourself, oh my gosh, that didn't work out. Let, let's just, you know, stay in my safe, my, my safe bubble. 
that, you know, you really need to take a look at embracing some of that risk taking. And, you know, I'm, I'm so proud of, you know, little Brianna and her journey. And, and, you know, I hope that when I look back, I can continue to do that and, you know, embrace those failures too. And, you know, I'm, I'm just so blessed to have my son now, like I mentioned to you before, you know, he helped me with this whole podcast thing. It's my first time. So, you know, he was really encouraging and, you know, he's just my biggest blessing and source of inspiration, but it was really, you know, a kick in the pants too of, you know, when I needed to say, okay, you know, what if I don't get a job? What if I am fired? What if, you know, there are budget cuts? I mean, I, I can't not have a position. I can't not have you know, uh, a way forward here. I need a couple of different routes. Mm. All right, people. Hey, I love it. <laughs> uh, so before we go, and this has been awesome uh, chatting with you. Um, Likewise. So awesome. Thank you. Alhamdulillah. How <laughs> did you build your brand and your reputation as an expert in your niche and what are some of the strategies and channels channels you've reached to uh you've used to reach your ideal clients mm -hmm. i try to integrate uh as much as i can um with my professional uh expertise and skill set the the staying close to my morals and values um also using uh, tech to share insights and engage with the community at large. Um, I think it's important that for me, because it feeds my creativity and my drive for innovation, uh, I like working in digital marketing and embracing, you know, a lot of the ed tech uh, waves. Mm. But, you know, holistically, I just enjoy collaborating online and networking and participating in speaking events. And I think just the, the approach attracts the collaborators that, that want to work with you. Um, especially those resonating with the values of, you know, empathy and innovation and education and business. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, uh, Brianna, for coming on the show. Oh, thanks so much, Dr. Will. You are welcome. Now people, you know how I do this. This podcast episode is going to be an Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, Simplecast, Stitcher, Spotify, and Audible. I need you to subscribe and to share with your network. And though I'm on all, all major podcast platforms, I'm trying to grow on Apple Podcasts. So I need you to not only subscribe, leave some reviews, leave me some stars because I'm trying to be found. And I'm trying to get Oprah on the show, because I want to know that we're doing big things around here. Again, I'd like to thank my guest, Brianna Bolt, for coming on and dropping so many gems, and for you for checking out another episode of the Dr. Will Show, now in season 10. Invest in you, people. In, uh, invest in you. EDU. Peace. <laughs>